Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters, riffing and wailing educational guitars through a set list of debt, freedom, home ownership, college savings, and retirement. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking? Good, man. Just relaxing here with my Ower beer. Or? I think it's Or. Or. Oh, it's Ower some scriptish something in R Mm. and then B-I-E-R. Interesting. Hmm. But uh, it's a nice, tasty Belgian ale. Yeah, you're just you like those Belgian ales. I do. I, I they just like come to me because I don't yeah. look for them. It just happens into my hands. Yeah. Well, you like I think you like that medieval like garb. <laughs> like you like things that are spelled like old old uh, English style. Hell yeah, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to pinpoint like why why you're attracted to those beers so much. I'll figure it out. I'm only drinking water, so not attracted to any beer right this moment. Uh, but we had a catchphrase that I just read. It was a little long, but I like it. Riffing and wailing educational guitars through a set list of debt, freedom, home ownership, college savings, and retirement. And that was sent in to us by at R-D-C-Y-C-I-N-T via Twitter. And you can send in your catchphrases via Twitter and our handle is at Money Matters Man. Now, I'm actually really excited to talk to our guest today because this is something that has been I, I've been reading about, I've been watching documentaries about, and I think people are going to find this super interesting. And our guest today is Ethan Walden and he, or Waldman, sorry, and he started in June of 2012. He quit his full time job and he built a 200 square foot tiny house on wheels, and he did it using his own savings. Ethan, how are you today, man? I'm great. So happy to be here. Yeah, dude. The, all right, so this tiny house thing, is a, it's, it's a movement, right? It's happening right now. And I feel like, it, like, where did this come from all of a sudden? Because I just watched a documentary on Netflix called Tiny, which is about uh, a, a guy in Colorado who built his own tiny house using his own savings, sort of the, a similar story. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what is, what's, what's going on in the world? Why is this a thing all of a sudden? Well, I mean... I think that it was just a confluence of the right kind of conditions that made tiny houses really appealing. I think the combination of the financial crisis and, you know, lots of people with mortgages finding themselves, you know, belly up or just unable to get a loan for a house. And then, you know, young kids coming out of college, not being able to find work. It kind of all joins together to say, you know, maybe the the quote unquote American dream of, you know, getting a mortgage, owning a big house, maybe that's not the ideal anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe all that debt isn't the answer. So there was a, a guy named Jay Schaefer, um, a company called Tumbleweed Tiny Houses, certainly not the first person to ever build a tiny house, um, but he had a pretty successful company um, in Northern California that kind of got started in the, I want to say, late 90s, early 2000s. And then, you know, they really started spreading around Northern California, and then it just kind of just caught. It just caught on and spread. Now, were you somebody who was in debt or had uh, financial issues that caused you to do this, or was this something that you just wanted to do just to sort of downgrade? No, this was more um, the, the the latter, the downgrading. I, you know, was super lucky that my my parents were able to – fund my college education. So I didn't, I didn't have a lot of student debt from that, but, um, I never wanted to take the plunge on buying a house because I just wasn't sure if I wanted to be, you know, in the same place for the rest of my life. And I didn't, you know, I didn't 
know if I wanted to be responsible for paying a mortgage every month because I, you know, what I really wanted to do was start my own business. And, you know, I didn't see having a mortgage and the, you know, the monthly financial commitment of doing that as something compatible with me going out and starting a business. Right. I want to know a little bit about the actual house. And then I want to go into the process of how you went through it and how you built it because you built it yourself. I did. I ended up hiring some help, which was a great decision. But okay. I did, you know, I was there every day working on it. So what's like, what's the tiny, what's in the tiny house? Like what, you know, what's, how long have you been living in it and how long, um, you know, what, I mean, what's, what goes in, what's inside of it? Like, how do you, how's life now with this tiny house? Sure. Well, um, we're coming up on just about a year anniversary from when I moved it from the construction site to the piece of land that I'm renting where I now live in it. Um, so just about a year. Mm -hmm. um, what's inside the tiny house is pretty much everything you would find in a regular sized house, but smaller. Um, so there's a desk where I work that doubles as the table where my girlfriend and I eat. Um, the kitchen is actually kind of big for a tiny house because I, I really like to cook. I okay. love food. Um, so, you know, it's got a double sink that's, you know, a regular house size sink. Oh, wow. It's got a little three burner propane range with a little, I call it the easy bake oven, <laughs> um, but a little propane oven. Um, it's got a propane refrigerator. Um, it even has plumbing. So there's, um, you know, obviously there's there's cold water, but there's also uh, an on-demand hot water heater. So this tiny little box that heats water as you use it. Um, and then there's a, a shower, you know, a stand-up shower. And uh, I would say the only thing in this house that is a little bit, you know, uncommon is that it's a composting toilet, not not a flush toilet. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. That's really cool. I mean, so you can you have this thing on wheels, and that's mm – -hmm. That's the law, right? You can't actually build a tiny house on land and get away with it. You have to have it on wheels. Well, you know, you can build a tiny house on land. It's just that when you when you build something attached to land, you kind of by default invoke whatever local zoning and building kind of codes there are. So you have to get a permit to build on land. Um, you have to build, you know above a certain minimum size or potentially below a certain minimum size to kind of qualify your structure as either a house or not a house. Mm -hmm. So by building on a trailer, you essentially skirt all of the laws that apply to houses because under the eyes of the law, the house isn't a house. It's just a thing on a trailer. So I register the trailer with the DMV. You know, I pay my 80 bucks a year um, <laughs> to register the trailer. Right. And that's, that's about it. And you, and you have a car that can, that can drag it around. So you don't have to stay in one location. Well, I, I actually do not own a car that can drag it around. Um, the house weighs about 10,000 pounds, um, oh, which wow. would require quite a, a heavy duty truck, like a, you know, F two fifty or, you know, oh. a big kind of commercial pickup truck. So, you know, up here in Vermont, there are there's a lot of agriculture. There are a lot of people with with trucks like this. So I've never had any trouble um, borrowing or even the, the time that I moved it from the construction site to where I live in it. Someone basically volunteered to do it for me because he just thought it was such a cool house. So That's he came awesome. In this huge Chevy like flatbed, and we just towed the thing. I you know one of the I when I watched the movie there was a uh, I was wondering how how it holds up in the weather. You mean the weather, like while you tow it, or like the cold? No, just like the Snow. cold and the rain and the storms. Like it's you know it's when it's windy and it's on wheels. I mean, I guess it's just like any like mobile home, really. 
Yeah, absolutely. Although what's different about the tiny house than a mobile home is that it's made out of wood. Right. So it's much sturdier feeling. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in like an RV or a camper. Yeah. Um, you know, that they're made out of plastic and aluminum, which is great for towing. You know, they're much lighter, so you could probably tow your camper with a minivan. Um, but this house is like unbelievably solid. The insulation is this stuff called spray foam, mm-hmm. and they actually come in – they spray it in between the the studs, and it lit- it expands into place, and and actually adheres to the studs. So it, it really makes the structure extremely rigid. That's cool. Um, that's how uh, that, that's what they have inside of hot tubs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I I work it's, in the hot tub industry. I, it's weird, but yeah, that's that's super cool. And uh, you do you have like all right? So you did this, and you said you hired some people, but you did mostly the work yourself. Yeah, the the way it happened was. Um, I started in June of 12, and I was like, I had talked to a couple friends who did construction. They looked at the plans. They were like, oh, yeah, you know, you could get this done in, like, three or four months. <laughs> so I was like, great, no problem. I'll get it done in, like, three to four months. So, you know, it's it's late August. You know, I'm, like, three months in. I be, I have the floor framed. I have a couple of walls framed, but they're not even standing up. And I just – I realized that I was never going to get this thing done because I was learning as I went along. So – Aside from just the challenge of doing construction by yourself, mm-hmm. you know, I was having to learn a lot of this stuff, you know, so I'm like going to YouTube, I'm researching stuff. So I put out an ad on Craigslist and found kind of a local handyman who kind of can do the whole gamut of things from, you know, some electrical work to plumbing to construction. And basically what happened was Jason, that was his name, mm-hmm. um, he would come and work with me maybe two days a week. He'd get me start. He'd basically teach me, get me started on a project, say like putting up exterior siding. So we'd work together for two days, get a big chunk of it done, and then he'd kind of go back to whatever other projects he was working on, and I would work on it myself or with my dad, right? Um, and kind of finish each project, and then he'd you know he'd kind of come back for the next thing. So, um, did you have experience building anything beforehand? Um, I had taken um, a tiny house workshop. Um, in Vermont, which was really just a workshop in framing. Um, uh. So I'd really only just done a framing workshop before that. Um, and, you know, I, I like, I can tinker. I'm, I'm somewhat handy and not afraid to figure things out, but I had not built anything before that. Like any woodworking before that? Not really. I mean, I think I built a lemonade stand with my brother when we were like 10. <laughs> and uh, I got to ask, how much did this end up costing you overall? Sure. Um, the overall materials were about thirty three thousand, and then I ended up spending about twelve thousand in labor, so and, about forty five. And you saved up for this. Yeah, absolutely. How did you um, do that? Well, I I already had some existing savings. I had been kind of working the corporate job, you know, working that route for a couple of years, so I had some savings. And um, basically, once I decided that I was going to build this house probably about a year before I started. I just kind of set a goal, and I I just put every spare dollar I had into savings, um, knowing that I was going to need as much as I could. Mm-hmm. And actually going into the project, I only had about 30000 saved, um, and I had quit my job right when we started, but I kind of did it in a strategic way, and I was actually still doing some consulting work for my old employer. Okay. So I, you know, that last 12K that kind of got spread throughout the project, I 
was lucky enough to be, you know, making enough to just kind of cover it. And you had to quit your job in order to do this project. I mean, I didn't have to. I really wanted to. Okay. You know, it was it was all kind of symbolic and and monumental. You know, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to start building this house. Um, I would definitely suggest that you know when you look at other people who have built tiny houses, if you're going to do it part time, like just on the weekends, it's going to take you a few years. It's it's a lot of work. They uh, they estimate about 800 man hours, wow. person hours. So how long did it take you? Uh, it took about, let's see, so June to September of the following year. So that's 15 months. 15 months. And you yeah. weren't working the whole time? Or no, you, I, I mean, you were working at a full-time job? Uh, I, I can't, no, I was not working at it as a full-time job because I was also doing consulting work, mm-hmm. building my technology coaching business, um, you know, living life. So I would say I was working at it like half-time. Right. And... Uh, is there property taxes you have to pay for this? No. Really? Really. Why is that? Well, again, going back to the um, it's not a house, it's a trailer. Um, it's not really, it's just not taxed. Interesting. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, so the the whole legality of tiny houses is is a big challenge and kind of the biggest hurdle, I think, to the movement because, you know, Sure, on the plus side, I don't pay any property taxes, but on the negative side, I mean, technically, I can't legally live in the house full time. Of course, nobody's like knocking down my door mm-hmm. to like kick yeah. me out. Yeah, no one's enforcing it. Yeah, it's it's basically like if a neighbor complained about the house, I could potentially be asked to move it. Right. Um, but the, again, like they would have to prove that I was living there full time. I maintain an address somewhere else. I have a PO box somewhere else. My girlfriend has a place in Burlington, Vermont. So it's like, there'd be no way to prove that I live there full time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really more of a technicality, but it is, you know, that is the, I would say the biggest challenge for tiny houses, especially in urban areas is that, you know, they aren't a hundred percent legal. Yeah. That's what, and, and, but you do live there full time. Pretty close to it. Okay. Well, you, I'm yeah. sure you stay with your girlfriend sometimes. and Yeah, and she comes there sometimes and, you know. Yeah. And, ha- and, and how, long you've been, how long have you been in the house for? Like once it, once it was completed? A year. A year. And how do you like it? I love it. Yeah. You know, I find it, it's a great place to work, you know, because there's way less distraction than, you know, in a bigger house. You know, it takes so little time to clean up. I was gonna say it probably um, takes like two seconds. It's just a yeah. It takes very little to clean. Basically, anything that you want to do is going to involve going outside. So there's a really nice separation between inside and outside, and it, it kind of forces you outside a lot more because you know the yard becomes your living room in a sense. Mm-hmm. And you and do you have issues with? I mean, you you run a tech consulting business. I imagine you need the internet, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so, so is there I issues have, with that? Yeah, I do have DSL out there at the house. Um, the uh, funny story: the phone company comes to hook up DSL. They see the house, and the guy was like, "I can't, I can't legally hook up to that." Here's what I'll do: I'll wire DSL down to the bottom of the telephone pole, and I'll leave you with this 800 foot spool of wire. <laughs> have fun. <laughs> so he showed me how to like slice open the wire and which which like color cables to hook up 
and I ran this cable like probably three or four hundred feet way around the perimeter of the property and then up under the tiny house straight into a DSL mo- modem. Hmm, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, Andrew, you have some. Um. Yeah. So, uh, I, I get like you wanted to do it because you didn't want to have um, you know, a mortgage and stuff like that. But weren't you kind of afraid that you know you'd never? I obviously found a girlfriend, but no one ever want to like <laughs> hang out with you because you're just like got this weird tiny house on wheels. I mean, surprisingly, people I think it would work the other way. Yeah, really intriguing. People, you know, I would say, I mean. I don't want to say that the tiny house has gotten me friends, but it's definitely something that people respect and think is really cool. And people are really, you know, when you invite someone to come check out the tiny house, they don't usually say no because they're they're pretty intrigued by it. Yeah, it's a good icebreaker, I would imagine. Yeah, totally. That's super awesome. Now, uh, what what has this? This has opened some doors for you just doing this project, right? Absolutely. Uh, what what are some things because it's something that I mean it's a movement it's it's happening people are doing it mm-hmm. but you have now turned this into sort of a business. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so crazy because I never intended for it to be that way, but uh-huh. I just um I think I was telling you before before the interview started, I I started a Facebook page right when I started building and just started posting the occasional snapshot of you know, the building progress the landscape near the house, etc. And by the time I was done, I had about 4,000 likes on that page without doing any strategic marketing or advertising or anything. And so there's just a lot of interest around the idea right now. And, you know, all throughout this building process, I was getting questions from people like, you know, why did you choose a propane heater? You know, are you happy with that decision? Or, you know, what did you use for your roofing? Why? You know, all these, like, pro and con, like, tell me why you made these decisions. And so I I literally, like, when I started writing my book, the working title was Tiny House Decisions, and it stayed that way the whole time. So actually a week ago on Monday, on the 15th, I just basically self-published this this guide called Tiny House Decisions. Yeah, and... So I have I have some questions because there's some decisions that I'm I'm curious about. Why 200 square foot? Why not bigger? Well, um, or smaller. On wheels. When you build a house on wheels, you're definitely constrained by the width of of what you can build. I right. mean, of course, you could build it as wide as you want, but anything over eight feet six inches wide, you need a special permit to tow it. And I wasn't interested. I kind of wanted it to be as under the radar as possible and I figured if I have to pull a permit every time I move this thing I just don't want that kind of attention so um I kept it within that that width and then the height 136 is another limit and so you know I just didn't want something that was super super long cuz that's basically the only other dimension you can change if you're limited by width and by height um most tiny houses on wheels fall within, you know, the, the shortest ones are built, I think on like 12 or 13 foot trailers. Mm-hmm. And now they seem to be getting a little bigger. I'm seeing a lot of them built on like 25 to 30 foot trailers. Um, so, so my house is actually on the bigger end of, of tiny houses on wheels. Right. And where'd you get the, um, plans? And imagine there's, 
some place you can go for that. Right? Yeah, there are there are many different people who sell plans uh, online. Um, I initially bought a set of plans from that company I mentioned called Tumbleweed, mm-hmm. um, and then I ended up telling a family friend who also happens to have a you know an architecture design firm about the project, and he was just totally just intrigued and you know wanted to be involved and so that's cool he ended up really we just ended up designing a completely different house together oh really yeah that's super uh, so and, and like the propane thing like why did you choose that well i chose propane appliances because um i wanted the house to be able to be off grid right without drawing a ton of electricity and though the, where i have the house now is is totally grid tied like there's water um, from a spring and electricity from the pole. But, you know, when you use propane to heat your water and heat the house, you know, the electricity demands are pretty low, so you can get away with a much, much smaller solar setup when you, you know, I haven't done that yet. But when I do go with solar, at some point, I won't need a giant solar array. Right, so how are you getting electricity now? Right now, I, I literally, you know, have a a glorified extension cord going from a small outbuilding that's on the property really? to my house. And water, same thing? Um, yeah, water actually is coming from a spring. Um, so it's it's kind of unique. It's it's not a well, it's just a spring. There's like literally like a hose bib coming out of the ground that water just comes out of all the time. So Really? Yeah. And I would, would call, how do you is I guess is a pump that causes the pressure it's actually gravity fed no way yeah it's really cool it's from um you know vermont is like crazy like that yeah there's so much water here uh it basically comes from another property up the hill and like the water rights are deeded to this property that i'm on so like we just have this this water that flows all the time which is kind of crazy and you had to buy the land right i'm actually renting the land oh yep yep and you can just you i didn't even know you could do that yeah i mean um I have a bunch of family in Vermont, so I'm actually renting land from my cousins. Um, so they're a nice kind of sympathetic person to to have, right. you know, as your as your landlord. <laughs> right, right. But um, yeah, I mean, the my hesitation with buying land again is that you know because it's not you know 100% above board, I would want to clear the house with the local, you know town agency the zoning board before buying any land because the worst thing would be to buy land park your house there and then six months later have a neighbor complain and get told that you have to move your house Mm -hmm. Um, so at this point i'm just renting land interesting so you so you decided to do this guide um Mm -hmm. which i think is really really cool i mean you do you have a couple of packages but you did some Video? Did you, is there? Is this, this is not like a how to build a tiny house guide, right? Right, and I mean, what I say on the page is that you know it's not a construction guide. I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a competent amateur. You don't want to learn construction from me. Um, what it is 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 it would take somebody who's interested in building a tiny house through all of the planning and help them decide on all these systems. So you know, how big are you going to make it? Are you going to put it on wheels or not? What are you going to heat it with? What kind of insulation do you need? All those kind of research questions that, you know, everyone needs to answer while they plan and build a tiny house are are covered in the book. Do you recommend this for everyone or do you think there's only a certain type of person that would do should should even attempt this? 
Well, you know, in the book, I do talk about the pros and cons of building a house yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I actually think that there is a lot of value in not building it yourself. You know, for me, learning the construction skills was kind of a, something that I had always wanted to do. And so building the house was a perfect way for me to do that. But, you know, if you looked at it just from a money perspective, you know, as a consultant, I charged way more than I could have hired another builder for. So, you know, economically, I could have hired out my part, part of the work mm-hmm. and made more money. But, you know, that wasn't, that, you wanted that to, wasn't you, what I wanted. You wanted to get your hands dirty. Yeah, totally. And so now, so now what's your, did you go back to a full-time job or now this is it? This is it. I, um, you know, my other company is called Cloud Coach. So I do technology coaching for, for online businesses. And then, you know, this tiny house thing is, is my kind of new endeavor. And is that doing well? Yeah, the launch has been awesome. I mean, the, the product's only been out there for about a week and a couple days, and I've sold about 140 copies of it. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive, man. Thank you. And Thank lo- you. I mean, you know, the initial launch is always like when you get the most traffic and the most people, the most eyeballs on it. But, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm kind of working on seeing how I can pr- continue to promote it and turn it into maybe a, a small part of my of my income. Yeah, and and all all these pictures that I'm seeing, this is all your, your house. On you're on my site? Yeah, I'm on the yeah, the, uh yep, yep. and like the one that has a picture of you and your girlfriend in the house, I imagine, yep. right? Yep. It the inside is beautiful. Thank you. I mean, and even I'm looking at the outside of it too. Like you t- it's not just like you uh, and I want to make this clear because I when I watched the tiny house documentary I, that guy didn't. I don't think put. I mean, do you, Do you know that guy? Um, was his name Chris? Yeah. I mean, I've I've chatted with him a bit online. The tiny house community is is small. I've never met him in person. Okay. I'm just when I when I saw the documentary, like I I feel like he didn't put a lot of effort into the outside of the house or even the inside of the house to make it look like really really stylish. I mean, you put it looks like a lot of time into like making the inside and the outside look really cool. Yeah, I mean, I put a lot into the finish work. Right. I wanted the house to be... I never wanted someone to say, no, you can't put that here because it looks like a like a shack. Yeah. You know? I wanted it to be nice, and I wanted it to be comfortable. So I did, you know, I went premium on the, on the finishes. You know, I went with really nice new windows, hardwood floors, you know, all the stuff you see... Um, is stuff that, you know, if I was building a 1,500-square-foot house, you know, would make the house way too expensive. But right. on that small scale, like, you know, I put down cherry hardwood floors, but I only had to buy four boxes of, of hardwood floor. <laughs> right. So, so it's like high-end stuff, but less of it. Right, right. So the price difference between, like, laminate floors and hardwood floors was a couple hundred bucks. Right. Interesting. Now, did you use anything from, like, did you try any cool refurbishing techniques? Sadly, I didn't do too much refurbishing. Um, What I found was once I was working off plans from an architect, Mm -hmm. they were very specific about, you know, we designed the house for the win- for the Marvin windows, for example. So all the rough openings for those windows were, you know, drawn in. And as a kind of construction amateur, I wasn't really up for the task of modifying things. I think, like, if I were to do a house again, I would love to kind of have 
things a little bit more fluid and see what materials I can find. Mm -hmm. I would say the most kind of unique thing that we did is the shower. Um, It's actually sided in copper roofing shingles. I'm looking at that. Yeah. Why'd you choose that? Well, I just couldn't stand how expensive uh, like a vinyl or plastic shower insert cost from like Home Depot or Lowe's. Okay. Like five, six hundred bucks. And I just don't think aesthetically they're that nice. Right. So I was thinking, you know, I, I really like metal. I like modern stuff. My girlfriend kind of not so much. So, you know, we were always kind of balancing, you know, the modern and the rustic and, you know, traditional stuff. And so I knew I wanted metal in the shower and that was kind of our compromise because I wanted to do like stainless steel, just like flat stainless steel. Um, But I'm actually really glad we went with copper because I think it really has a lot of character. It looks like you can like, you can distill in there. Mm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It looks kind of, it really looks cool. I I like it. So what's next for you? Oh man, what's next for me? Well, I think that I would like to see about making the plans that I used available. Okay. You know, so um, you know, they they need some some polishing, some work to kind of make them usable for others. So I'm I'm working with the designer to kind of create uh, a digital version of those plans. Yeah, because you, you that was you worked with the architect, so they're yours, right? Well, he did he did it pro bono, right. so they're his. I would say. Okay. Um. You know, so there would be some kind of some kind of arrangement there, in terms of you know revenue and commission and that kind of thing. Um, but you're I'm really con- just continue down the tiny house path. Yeah, you know, the the thing about the tiny house lifestyle is that it doesn't cost that much to live it, and so you know it really becomes less about work and more about like other things in my life that I want to do. So like this year, I learned how to kiteboard. So that's what's next. You know, I want to do more of that. Is kiteboarding uh, a kite with a with a skateboard, or is it on the water? It's on the water. Okay. It's like a wakeboard. Okay. Could you do it with a snowboard? You can. They. I'm. I'm actually really looking forward to to doing some snow kiting up here. That's what it's called. Um, yeah, snow kiting. Google it. It's amazing. Oh, I'm so doing that. That is so freaking cool. Snow kite. Oh, I'm writing it down. Snow kiting. Yeah, I mean, you can. Check. I don't know if you're a, a snowboarder, but I am. You can mow down a field of powder with no mountain, just just your kite. Oh, dude, <laughs> <laughs> that is so fucking badass. I am so doing that. Okay, I thank you for that. I'm you're, you're welcome. Star, and I and you know the tiny house thing. Like I I I really want to do it. I don't know if I could build a house myself, but I would like to just live in one for like you know, a couple months, see what it's like. Did you, did you do that prior to uh, building? Did you like see what it's like to live in it or just kind of went full force? I would totally recommend it. Um, like living in one, there are tons of them on Airbnb. You could, you know, next time you're going to like a hip place like Portland, Oregon, or, mm-hmm. you know, look, look for tiny houses on Airbnb. You'll find one and you can at least experience it for a weekend or a few days. Um, before building the tiny house, I, you know, this was back when I was still working the corporate job. I, I asked for a sabbatical, so I took a month off, mm-hmm. and I ended up taking a, a one-month-long bicycle tour with my cousin um, on the west coast of the U.S., um, and we biked about 1,500 miles and you know, carrying all of our gear with us. So 
I kind of say that that was my first tiny house experience because, you know, I was living basically in a tent. Yeah. Um, and then I actually did stay a few, we, we were doing some couch surfing on that trip too. And we actually stayed with two different people who lived in tiny houses. One, one guy on the Oregon coast had converted literally a tool shed into a tiny house wow. and had this just amazing piece of property, like with an outhouse and an outdoor kitchen and this, this awesome little tiny house. And that was just so expi- inspiring. And That's then cool. we stayed with another guy who was renting this, like it was probably two or 300 square feet, this tiny little house that was like behind another house. And, you know, those were my first kind of, that was my first time really living or staying in a tiny house. And I just, I just loved it. And so and this whole experience, um, what did you learn like about, yourself and how you handle money and how that your relationship with money is, does it changed at all? Absolutely. I mean, I've never been a good saver. Um, I, or I had never been a good saver up until that point. And, and so I think I learned that when I had a real concrete goal, like I was like, I want to save $30,000 for this tiny house. Okay. I have this much now I could put, I could cut these expenses. I could get this much away per month. Um, with a real concrete goal, it just, it like was easy or, I mean, it wasn't easy, but it like didn't, it wasn't hard for me to just not go out to eat or to just like put the, the bonus from work into that savings account. Right. Um, and I mean, from a budgeting standpoint, I feel really lucky cause I really was terrible about budgeting. Like I hadn't broken down the project that far, like into its requisite right. like, pieces. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm done with the project, I actually maybe about a year ago discovered YNAB. You yeah. Need a budget. Yeah. We had and Jesse just, on. Yeah. I freaking love YNAB. So that's been crazy for me. Just, I actually have savings now and an emergency fund and all this stuff that I always said that I wanted, but I never had before. Um, so and that's interesting because I, you, you just tackling this little project kind of got you started. Totally. Kind of put totally. you, set you in that direction, I guess. And you've continued that. I, have you continued this, you know, uh, the saving lifestyle and, and all that? Yeah. I mean, using YNAB, I've, you know, as I said, I've kind of successfully put away an emergency fund with a couple of, you know, months of, of expense of basically covering my, my living expenses. And, yeah. and now, you know, I'm saving for, you know, a new car. So I'm putting, you know, couple hundred bucks every month into a new car fund all within YNAB so cool well man congratulations on everything I think the house is super cool and I I wish you luck on everything you're doing with it yeah thank you so much and thanks for being on the show you're you're totally welcome the pleasure is all mine and we have to keep in touch and guys uh, if you have questions about this I'm sure there will be you can email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com and visit our website listenmoneymatters.com of course and look if you like uh, the show, and we hope that you do, and you want to hear more topics like this because I think these are really super interesting. Uh, you can please, you can subscribe via iTunes or Stitcher or whatever podcasting app you listen to. Hit the subscribe button so that way every single time we publish an episode at six a.m. Eastern Standard Time, it will be downloaded onto your app, and you can just listen to it on your way to work or when you work out or when you're cooking or whatever you wherever you listen to podcast. Uh, and if you like the show so much and and you and you really want to let us know and help others to find the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever else you can leave a review, even if it's just uh, an email to us. And I want to read a real quick review from iTunes. Uh, Wakatella, which is the name. <laughs> they always have weird names on iTunes. And it's from the United States. 
and it's better than Susie Orman, Dave Ramsey, five stars. The only podcast that gives me real practical financial advice on getting out of debt, saving, and investing. For some strange reason, I get a Dignation vibe, which is a good thing. Keep it up, you guys. So thank you so much, Wakatella, for that awesome and short review. Perfect length. And if you guys want to learn... More about the resources and the things that we talk about in the show, you can visit listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox, where there's a link to YNAB. So you can go and check out what YNAB's all about. It's a great budgeting app. We had Jesse on the show not too long ago. So that's it, guys. Ethan, thank you once again. And everyone, thanks for hanging out with us. And of course, we look forward to the next episode. So later. Later, man. Bye.